In this episode, I have an interview with Lawrence Whitaker about the new Leoness game, some exciting news about a future release, and all the usual segments relating to everything Mithras. Welcome to the Mithras Matters podcast, Season 1, Episode 9, Hideous Trolls and Fairy Magic. Hello and welcome to Mithras Matters, a podcast dedicated to the Mithras rule set and all its supplements. As always, I'm your host, Inwills, and I hope you all had a really great holiday season and, well, Happy New Year to you all. I hope that this year brings you lots of joy and happiness. Now, if you're wondering what will be coming out in 2020 from the design mechanism, then do go back and have a listen to Lawrence's segment in episode 8. But as a further teaser, at the end of this episode, there is some new exciting news that I know we have all been looking forward to for some time. I'll just say it's some news about a new book in the mythic insert a setting here series. Can you guess? Wait, no fast forwarding. You might miss all the good bits. Okay, indulge me for a while because before we get on to the interview and the exciting news, here are some campaign updates. We have managed to finish another series of adventures this month. After the party had a run-in with some assassins hired by the leader of the Thieves' Guild in their hometown of Lindo, they decided that they wanted to pay the guild leader, Sniffer, a personal visit. With some help of some NPCs, they decided that killing him would probably not be the best course of action. Maybe Sniffer was better the devil you know when it comes to who is in charge of the Thieves' Guild. Together, the party and the NPCs came up with a plan to hit Sniffer where it would hurt him the most. That's right, in his business dealings. The plan was to intercept a cargo of illegal goods and start to cast some doubt on Sniffer's ability to run the guild. I must say that things didn't go quite as planned. If you want to hear more about this, then you can catch up with my adventure reflection videos on my YouTube channel. The link to this is in the show notes below. Even though it didn't go as I planned, it did provide some great role-playing scenes. Notably, Bartleby's interaction with some street ruffians, which the party hired to get the attention of some sailors. This was a GM's dream scene, although I must say it was totally created on the fly. You can probably see the look of pure horror on my face on the video. Also, the interaction between Hengis and Bartleby when they are trying to convince Sniffer's associates was a classic. 
let's just say that what Hengis possesses in his combat skills is not mirrored in his social skills. The party took the cargo on a sewer barge. Yes, I bet you didn't know those existed. And after encountering some sewer wildlife and certain floating objects in the murky sewer water, the party met the rich merchant who was dealing with Sniffer. The combat was swift, but did include a double fumble during the combat and Gulliver, whose willpower is epic, actually being befuddled. It was interesting to say the least, and if you want to see what happened, then you can find the full video on my YouTube channel, where you can find actual play videos, selected highlights, rule videos, and my own adventure reflections. Oh, and if you're interested in reading my adventure notes, then they are available on my website at inwills.co.uk. They are free, but feel free to donate something to my content creator dream fund if you can. Before I have a chat with Lawrence about the new Leon S game, I just wanted to remind you that this podcast would not happen without everyone's contributions. And if you would like to contribute to the podcast, then just drop me an email or message and let me know what you would like to cover. You can email me at inwills at gmail.com or send me a message on the various forums I frequent. Okay, so some of you will have seen the preview PDF of Leoness being shared on the various forums. Well, after giving it a read, I couldn't resist calling up Lawrence and getting some behind the scenes information about this new game. Hello, Lawrence, and welcome back to the Mithras Matters podcast. The Leoness PDF review or preview has caused a lot of excitement. I, am I right in thinking it, it's based on, is it Jack Vance's series of novels? Was that the inspiration? Why, why Jack Vance's novels? That's what I was interested in. Jack, Jack Vance had a, I mean, he is one of the reasons that the whole role-playing hobby exists at all, first of all. That, that's something that a lot of people probably don't realise. Um, Gary Gygax was a huge Jack Vance fan, loved the Dying Earth novels. That's the most famous fantasy series that Jack Vance has produced. It's called The Dying Earth. It's a series of fantasy novels set as, as the earth, as the sun is about to go out. Everybody is decadent. It's many, many aeons into the future. Very well worth reading. They're, they're fantastic stories. And Gygax was a huge fan of these books. And the magic system in the, the, the very first Dungeons and Dragons was based on the way that magic works in Dying Earth. Wizards can memorize a certain number of spells. Um, when you cast a spell, it erases itself from your memory until you relearn it again, because a spell is a complex kind of formula. And it takes up memory, a bit like RAM on a computer. And that's where the whole Vancian magic terminology comes from for, for D&D. So I'm a, I'm a huge fan of, of, of the Dying Earth books and the Leon S trilogy he wrote in the 1980s. And it's kind of his last big fantasy trilogy. Um, and they're just fantastic novels. And I, I reread them. If actually, I listened to the audio books um, a couple of years ago when I was driving into work every day. I'd got a long commute. I was listening to the stories. And I just thought, 
I've got to see if, someone's, if, if someone has the license for this. I tracked down John Vance, Jack Vance's son, um, emailed him, said, what's the situation? And he said, yep, yeah, it's available. We had some conversations about it, and we, we got it. So that was how it all went. I, I was um, looking at, because I think you've put out the, the preview, haven't you? Because I was looking on some of the forums, and people are really excited about two things came across from their um, excitement. One of the first one was that this Leoness was happening, and there seems to be a huge amount of people really looking forward to it. And and from what you were saying, I didn't realise it was all connected to the the original, you know, Dungeons and Dragons wizards and things like that but the other thing everybody's talking about is the magic you know everybody's really excited about the magic system so tell us a bit about the magic system okay so the the magic system is nothing like dungeons and dragons it's nothing like i've just been explaining in a way the leoness books use a there are two types of magic that that crop up in leoness in the leoness stories the first is fairy magic, which are simple kind of bells that fairies would, would commonly cast. Tend to be quite utilitarian, a little bit like folk magic in Mithras, but um, a, a, a bit more esoteric, a bit more complex, uh, a bit more mischievous in many ways. Um, and that's quite simple stuff. It's, it's quite simple to understand. And there's a wonderful sequence in the third of the Leoness stories, called Maduk, where one of the magician characters is explaining how magic works to the title character, Maduk, who's a fairy herself. Um, you know, he explains that uh, this is very simple stuff, um, but really the complex magic is Sandestin magic. And Sandestin magic is really what the Vancian magic system is from Dungeons and Dragons. So Sandestins are innately magical creatures. And really, wizards that cast Sandestin magic, they don't really cast spells themselves. A spell is instructions that you give to a Sandestin, and they go off and do the magic for you. The overall effect is it looks like the wizard has gone blah, 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 waves his fingers, and something magical happens. But it's really a magical creature that's done it on your behalf. So it's kind of like summoning a magical entity with certain properties, and the shorthand is called the spell. That is really what it's about. So fairy magic quite simple and straightforward, sandestine magic, very powerful, very complex, uh, limitations on how much you can hold in your mind because it's so so arcane and you're summoning these these uh, these weird little creatures that go and do it for you. Yeah, and it was it's the when I was reading the book, the the fairy magic the spells are absolutely fantastic. The titles from of them are wonderfully they're they're such a narrative and you know i was looking at zoophon zoophonic whimsy whistle i didn't think so. <laughs> is that are they all from the books then i haven't read the dying earth so there's only a handful of uh, fairy magic spells described in the books but they all have titles like that so there are two that are precisely described. One is called Imp Spring Tinkle Toe, which is in the in the game. And that's a spell that makes someone involuntarily leap up into the air 
twiddling their feet in a state of confusion. Um, the second one is called the Sisselway Chatter Fang, and that causes your teeth to chatter incessantly um, at varying degrees of irritation, depending on how powerful the spell is. And so what we did for the game is work out what effects we wanted and then give it a name to fit, inspired by what we were seeing in the books. So all the names of the spells reflect what what uh, Jack, Jack Vance has. Well, and I must I must say they you can't tell. I thought they were all from the books because they all seem to have that that similarity with them. But that uh, you know that that's really really come across well. So, so th- this is the genius of Pete Nash. Uh, Pete created the magic system, and what he did was go through every book in the Leoness series. There are three novels in the sequence. Um, he noted down every single magical effect, worked out whether it was fairy magic or satin magic, looked at how the effect was working, saw how he could replicate that in game terms, came up with a name for it. Um, and that probably gave him about half the, the fairy spells that are in there. 100 fairy spells and 100 sandestine spells and they can be combined in different ways so it's an infinite kind of combination where we we had to fill in the gaps um it was easy enough to sort of say well this spell does this kind of thing therefore there must be an equivalent spell that does such and such so it was quite easy once we'd been through and worked out what magic was demonstrated in the books to work out what other spells would likely exist as well and some of them are adaptations of, of core Mithras spells, things that we've included in the, the folk magic. Um, we sort of tailored it to Leoness, but it's very much their own thing, very much their own flow. When I was um, reading the, the, the new... Well, it's, it's a setting, I presume. It's rather than a new set of rules, or do you class it as a new set of rules? It's a full game. It's a full game in its own right. So we have yeah. we, we have all the rules in there. You don't need Mithras to play this, based on Mithras, but we've adapted the rules to fit the setting quite precisely. So there are brand new cultures for the, 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 the characters to come from. They're tailored directly to the Elder Isles, which is where the Leoness stories are set. The combat rules, more or less the same. We've kind of slimmed a couple of things down, made a couple of little corrections here and there, but broadly they're, they're the same. There are some new skills in there. There's a new way of handling money. And there's a lot of background about the the, the setting itself. Uh, but we, we wanted to actually produce a standalone game because um, a lot of people that will be interested in Jax's work may not necessarily have heard of Mithras. And to ask them to go out and buy the call book as well as one of our setting supplements, we thought we'd take a different tack. Yeah. And that, and that definitely came across when I was reading it. It, it was it's like a complete game um, in itself. And I really I noticed the it had a feel of Mithras through it, but there was new skills, um, all this wonderful spells, and new cultures and everything, which I, I thought was a, a real nice touch. So do. Is it a case that um, we're hoping or you're hoping that people who are fans of Jack Vance's work are going to come on board and, and, and buy this? Is that the sort of like the target audience? 
Absolutely, yeah. Any, anybody that's that's a Jack Vance fan, and if you're not, you should be. Um, we we hope they're going to pick up the game. Um, whether you're a, a fan of the Dying Earth novels, because you can effectively lift the Sandestin magic from that and use it in the Dying Earth game. Whether you're a fan of, of Leoness itself, and the, the Leoness stories are wonderful. They're a, a mixture of um, high folklore uh, European sort of fairy traditional fantasy um, and Game of Thrones in terms of the the politicking, the scheming and the brutality that goes on. They're quite brutal books in some places. So yes, we very much hope that this is going to appeal to the Jack Vance fan. But equally, we hope that people that enjoy all our other games that may not have, have experienced Leoness, maybe they've only heard of it in passing, maybe they've never heard of it at all. We hope they're going to pick it up and be encouraged to go out and read the books as well. We give a complete overview of what happens in the story. There's a lot of background information in there. You don't need to have read the novels to get the most out of this, but it will certainly help if you have. And if you want to replay the stories or you want to do your own thing with it, then all the advice is given in there for you to do it. So we're hoping to, to hit a broad audience, but definitely the Jack Vance fan, and certainly fans of the Leoness trilogy. Because they're a great place to adventure. I really like. I, I think I'm right in thinking that there's an overview of the of the trilogy in the actual rule set, isn't there? And it sort of like gives an overview of what's happened. Absolutely. We uh, Dave Morris, uh, who's uh, a stalwart of the British role playing game scene. He created Dragon Warriors uh, back in the 1980s, which was an incredibly well received uh, British role playing game. Massive Jack Vance fan. He is written the overview of each of the books so in a few pages you understand exactly what the story is who the principal characters are what they're hoping to achieve and it's a wonderful little potted way for you to just read that and understand and get what the Leoness game is going to offer you. And then the rest of the book develops, deepens, and enriches that understanding. I, I was wondering for, you know, because there might be Jack Vance, um, f well, hopefully people who really like the books listening to this, it, is um, the actual game set in a specific time period within the, the Jack Vance trilogies? Is it before or after the Dying Earth? Or can it just be placed anywhere? Well, the Dying Earth... Um, is set at the very end of the world's existence. There's no real connection between mm. Leoness and the Dying Earth, except that uh, a similar kind of magic is used. Now, whether that was intentional on Jack Vance's part or not, I, I, I'm, I'm really not sure. Um, so really, they're, they're completely separate milieus. And there is a Dying Earth game. There was a Dying Earth game produced by Pelgrane Press a few years ago. Um, there's a new edition coming out from Goodman Games, powered by Dungeon Crawl Classics. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing what they do with that. But Leoness is actually set around a similar kind of time to Mythic Britain. It's set probably uh, the, the early 5th century, nominally. And Leoness itself is the subject of many legends in um, Celtic folklore, um, a group of islands that existed between Britain and France that sunk under the ocean and was lost forever. Uh, lots and lots of local legends about that. So it draws on that very rich folklore tradition, um, all these, these Celtic stories, which is where the fairies come in and so forth. So it's a very self-contained background. It's, it's deliberately anachronistic. This isn't like Mythic Britain, where we have uh, very, very 
grim, dirty Saxons. This is very much like the, the Arthurian tradition. You have knights in gleaming armour, on horseback. Uh, it's a very kind of high medieval setting, but set at a very early period in, in history. Uh, it's very much like T.H. White's The Once and Future King in that respect, or the traditional Mordathur or Pendragon. It, uh, it sort of draws on that rich seam of folklore. So it's really nothing like Mythic Britain, although it takes place at the same kind of time. Well, one of the things that I really liked, uh, I, I love the almost like the tavern and the village generators that you can sort of like within it, it sort of like says, what, where did that come from? Because <laughs> I, I really like that. Was that something that was... Ian, you, you really need to go and read some Jack Vance. You, uh, the, the, uh, immediate, promise me, after this interview, you're going to go and find all Jack Vance's books. You're going to read them all. Um, Jack Vance's stories are, are characterised usually by people trekking from one place to another. And if you're trekking from one place to another, whether it's in The Dying Earth, whether it's in Leoness, whether it's in his Planet of Adventure series, they stop and eat. And they stop and they eat at taverns and hotels and places like that. There is always a landlord that's out to do something, um, whether it's to, to try and extricate as much money from the clientele as possible or serve substandard food and claim it's uh, haute cuisine. There's this huge reference to food, drink, staying, hospitality. And so we wanted to recreate that. And so we've got these wonderful random tables for creating um, a village where there's something going on. And that's that, that you find out all the way through the Leoness stories. Village after village, small town, small neighbourhood, small community, always something weird going on. The tavern with a strange name and a secret. A landlord or a, an innkeeper that may have something that they're doing that uh, maybe isn't quite right. And Mark Shirley created the rules for those, put together a series of tables that are just wonderful. You, When we were playtesting this, we sat down and created an entire, an entire scenario just from using those random tables. We created a town, a village to go with it, a weird landlord, and that created the adventure, and we played with those elements. And then I developed the, uh, the Vancian meal generator, because another characteristic of Jack Vance's stories are he lovingly describes these incredible dishes, you know, quail's egg in a tart sauce with candied eel bladder, as a side, it's, it, he, he really does love his food. And the, the, this sort of strange gourmandism that goes along with his work. And so we wanted to make sure that you got that in there. So the fancy meal generator is, uh, it, it's a really nice touch. It's a great way of communicating the atmosphere of his books. When I was reading it, I suddenly sort of like felt, because one thing I sometimes worry about as a GM is that, I could have players who are very familiar with a setting who might be even more familiar than myself. And, but I just love that aspect of it is, is that these generated, these tables would yes. generate a feel. Uh, of taverns and people and villages, which was really mm -hmm. reassuring, <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, as a GM. What, what about races? Because we talk about fairy magic. Uh, and is, are they, are they the fae or how does that work? They are the fae, the, and you can play fairies in the game. Ostensibly, the, the races are, are all human, but if you want to play a halfling, 
as the non-human races are called, Vance calls them halflings, um, you, you can. And they come in a number of different flavors. You have the, the gross halflings, which are typically trolls and ogres, quite ugly. Um, and, and, and th these are your traditional child-eating monsters that have got weird places deep in the forests. Uh, horrible, horrible people, completely base and corrupt. Um, you then have the twigs. And the Twixts are kind of the goblins of, of the saga. And then you have um, the, the core fairies. And uh, the, the fairies are, are, are sort of very mischievous. They can be quite malevolent. They are very, they like to negotiate and bargain and extract favors from people. And so we've got rules for creating a fairy character how to play that fairy. And then, of course, the, the, the non-human races form the bad guys and the other protagonists in the, in the game world itself. So there's a lot of information around, uh, around those non-human species. Are there four different cultures? T tell me about those. Yeah, there, there are. So the, the, the main culture is called Hybras. Um, the Elder Isles is an archipelago. It's a series of, of, of islands sort of clustered together um, in the Cantabrian Gulf. Uh, between France and, and Britain. Um, Hybras is the biggest of those islands. It's where the vast bulk of the action in the Leoness stories takes place. So the main culture is Hybras, and that actually relates to most of the, uh, of the settled um, areas in, in all the islands. So that's the culture most people are going to come from. Another culture is Skagen. Um, some of the bad guys uh, are villainous Scandinavian invaders called the Scar, and they've colonized one of the islands off the north coast of Hybras. They've got a very peculiar culture all of their own. Um, they're almost kind of like, uh, almost sort of proto-Nazis in a way. Um, they're, they're very disdainful, uh, very xenophobic, very disdainful of anybody that isn't Scar, very militaristic, um, highly civilized, um, but quite brutal. In their methods, you know, they think they think nothing of enslaving other people. They will indenture them for a minimum of thirty years. You may earn your freedom. Um, so we have the scar culture as well. You can play a scar in the game. Uh, we have a culture called itinerant. Um, a, a big swathe of the main island, Highbrass, is given over to the forest of Tantraval, which is kind of a even though it spans a number of different countries, it's almost its own realm where people do live and work. So we have the itinerant culture, which reflects um, these small pockets of communities that don't belong to uh, the main Highbrass culture. The Celtic culture is very much based around Druidism, and it's a fantasy Druidism. That's that's kind of confined to the northern edge of um, of Hybras. Uh, they believe in the old Celtic gods, very much a, a spirit tradition, um, very warlike in their ways. Lots of cattle raids, lots of drinking, lots of feasting, and and they're kind of looked down on by the Hybras as being a bit uncouth, a bit unmanageable. Uh, so they're the, the the fourth culture. And I think when I was reading about them, they they all seem to be fit nicely together, if that makes sense. They, you could really see their sort of like their personalities within those cultures coming out. I'm a, a great, I love the role-playing aspect 
of games, you know, and I really did think there there was plenty for me to get my teeth into, uh, so to speak, with, with the different cultures. Uh, more than just the, the cultures, that, that will kind of give you the base, but the uh, the kingdoms for the different cultures all have their own flavour. They all have their own traditions. So even playing someone of the high brass culture, there's going to be a great difference in personality for someone from Leoness, the kingdom of Leoness, to a high brass culture coming from Trocinet, which is one of the other big civilized islands, one of the other major political players in the in the game. They've got very different feels, very different ambitions, very different ways of going about things. So you're going to get a lot of, of, of variety. And it is a very character-driven game. The books are character-driven. Uh, they've got these wonderful characters, wonderful, strange motivations. And again, that's another hallmark of, of Jack Vance's writing, very well-drawn, scheming characters that are looking to... to to get one over on everybody else some of the time. Does it go with the the module, um, Codifoot Stipule, as well? That's exactly what it goes with, yeah. So, so what came first? That's what I'm really interested in. Did the module come before the Leoness? Leoness comes first, officially. But we released the module um, early because um, Chris Hart, that runs the Grognardia, Podcast. He's a big Leoness fan, knew that we were doing the game, and he said, well, I'd, I'd like to run uh, a scenario for you at UK Games Expo. So I said, that's fantastic. You need to write a scenario. So I, I put something together based on one of the playtest sessions that we, we've had for Leoness. And I thought, I can't just send it as a Word file. That's, I'll put it into, into the layout. So, and it'll be a good test to see how the layout works. So I laid it out. I've got some artwork, got some artwork in it. And then I thought, actually, no, this is good enough to publish. And by publishing it, we actually met our contractual obligations with the, um, with the license owners early. So we had to have a, a product printed by February of 2020. Um, so by having it earlier than that, we actually met our, our, our legal obligation. But also it's a good way of building some of the interest around the game itself. So yeah, it, it really, it wasn't planned that way at all. We just planned to launch the game and then have some modules on the back. It just came out topsy-turvy. So when uh, we've seen the preview, when when will this actually be published? Where, when is it going to be available for the public? I'm hoping that we'll have it available for March 2020. Uh, we're finishing layout now. It's, it's very well advanced. I think I'm about 90% of the way done with all of that. Then we'll need to proof it. It needs to be approved by, uh, by John Vance. Um, and then it can go on sale. So I think we're looking at about two or three months, probably closer to three months, I would think, before it's available. But it is coming. You know, it's definitely happening. Uh, we're, we're, we're on target for the schedule that we set for ourselves. So uh, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, Fantastic. And obviously, people who are into the um, Jack Vance um, books will be keen when this comes out. Um, but what about do you? What would you recommend for other people? You know, who are not familiar with the books. Do you think it's something for them to get the teeth into? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is uh, the, the Leoness stories are just wonderful fantasies. They've got all the ingredients of a good fantasy story. You've got really villainous villains. You've got 
powerful magicians with obscure motivations of their own. It's like The Princess Bride. If you like The Princess Bride, Leoness is very much in that vein. You know, you have true love. You've got tragedy. You've got people searching for their fathers, fathers searching for their sons, um, exiled princesses that need rescuing, uh, villainous kings that will stop at nothing to get what they want and thwart everybody in the process. You've got clashes of, of armies. Um, you've got individual rogues. You've got dimension hopping. Several parts of the books take place in other worlds. Uh, it, it's got everything in there. It really has. And if you if you love the Princess Bride, you should really really like Leoness. Um, it is that kind of vibe. Um, if you like Game of Thrones, there's all the politic and scheming and backstabbing that you get in that series. If you if you like the, the, the whimsicality of fairy tales, you have that too. So there's something for everybody in these games. Uh, and it's very different to the way that Mithras plays. Um, Mithras is designed very much as a toolkit. This is designed to reflect the world. Um, so I think that you're in for a, a different experience. Fantastic. And just to, um, Codifoot Stipule, is, that's available now, isn't it? If people want to get a taster, they can actually... That's been available since August, August, September time, I think. Um, it's a self-contained adventure. You don't need Leoness rules to use it. You can use Mithras Imperative or, or Mithras if you want. Um, there are pre-written characters in there, pre-generated characters. Um, nice little self-contained adventure. It's got all the flavour of a Leoness story in there. Uh, we've included some of the rules, like the meal generator, and uh, I think the tavern rules are in there as well. But you can enjoy what it is. It's a very good little primer for the sort of stories to, to expect. Uh, and I must admit, I... But the full game goes into a lot a lot more detail. Yeah, because I got the taste of Leoness from that module because uh, I bought it and read it. And I thought, oh, I can see where this... And just to reassure you, once I started to read um, the preview, I have actually bought the Jack Vance books from Audible. So they're all lined up, <laughs> ready for me to, <laughs> to start listening. Excellent. So I was just thinking if it's... What, what, what have you bought? Well, I, I think I bought what you suggested in the rules. Okay. You, I think you suggested suggested that trilogy or something and I, and I thought I would start there yeah yeah uh, yeah three three books in the the trilogy soldier's garden this is the obligatory plug for, for the author's work uh, soldier's garden is the first that's what sets everything up uh, the green pearl uh, begins to really develop some of the machinations that are going on and then finally the duke is the conclusion um, and a very satisfying conclusion to a big epic sprawling sprawling trilogy as well so yep those three books that's the completely an saga and it's a it's a wonderful experience whether it's audiobook or reading them in the physical yeah and I, and I think with it going live in march that gives everybody the opportunity to read those books or reread those books ready for the the game to come live and then get straight into it are you going to gm it oh i've been gming it uh, so since we um, decided we were going to do the game, I've been playtesting it. And I've been running Dying Earth games for, for a number of years. 
um, either using um, Pelgrane's original dining earth system or, or just using you know, something made up. Um, so, so that's been a feature of, of little commissions that I've run over the years, you know, games set in dying earth. I've run a number of, uh, of, of mini campaigns um, in, based in Leoness. So, oh, I will definitely be GMing this. And I think that what you should do, Ian, is invite me to come and GM a Leoness game for you and your players on your uh, on your stream. I would love that for you. That'd be fantastic. And you get a chance to play. You can, you can sit back. Well, let, let's make let's make that a date then for uh, for next year. I I will come and GM something for you, and and then the the, the viewing public can see just how bad a GM I really am. That that would be. Absolutely. We'll have a lot of fun. I'm sure everybody would love that. Well, thank you very much. It's been wonderful talking to you again. Oh, my, my pleasure in all. And as ever, whoever I interview on on this for this podcast, I always go away totally inspired and motivated to you know go out and do something. So keep up the good work. That's what I. I would say, because, you know, in general, because you're doing a great job. Uh, it's great to have the opportunity to come and talk about something I'm, I'm really excited about, something that's, uh, yeah, it's, it's our love letter to Jack Vance. Um, this is, it's been an absolute pleasure and honour to, to, to produce this game. We've worked with the very best writers we could get for this. Uh, they've done a fantastic job and I hope that everybody enjoys the game just as much as we have in putting it together and uh, very grateful to you. Thanks again Lawrence for popping into the podcast to give us that inside information about the forthcoming Leoness game. Now before we come to an end I would just like to say a little bit of a plug for the wonderful Discord channel. If you want to read more about rules and have questions answered by experts like myself then do go over to the Discord channel run by two fantastic um, contributors to the Mithras rule set. They have a huge amount of knowledge between them and they have a thriving community over there. The link is in the show notes so do pop over and have a chat with them. They're absolutely fantastic. And as always, don't forget that you can have your say on the podcast. Some Is there something that we've said that you like, something you agree with, something that you disagree with? Then why not record it and send it to us here at Mythos Matters? You can record it via free audio software called Audacity and email it to me as either a WAV or an MP3 file to inwills at gmail.com. It would be great to hear from some of you, and it would mean that you didn't have to listen to my dulcet tones all the time. And it also means that we can have a new segment called Have Your Say. Just use the following format for your audio file, your name and location, and then your comments, questions or responses. Save it and email it to me and you could be featuring in next month's segment of Have Your Say. Okay, that's it. Oh, wait, I forgot. There's some exciting news. Back to Lawrence. The first is um, Pete has, he's working on a mini Luther Arkwright campaign, which is based on a series of scenarios that he ran for me and my friends over a, a, a two or three year period. So he's almost finished writing those up. We will be releasing it as a mini Luther Arkwright campaign. Um, we've renewed the license for Luther Arkwright with Brian Talbot. 
um, that will continue for a, the, the foreseeable future. Brian is working on a brand new series of Luther Arkwright adventures. They're due out in a couple of years' time, so that's fantastic news. Um, but Pete also told me that he's in our mythic Greece, finished in its first draft in March, and I will be going out to Sweden, and we will no doubt be playtesting it. So um, mythic Greece is actually almost finished. It won't be out next year. Probably take us a year to get it done, but we've got a lot of great mythic books that are coming out. So, uh, But mythic Greece is definitely on the way finally kind of got there and that's it another episode of mithras matters completed i hope you are inspired to read or reread jack vance's books in preparation for the publication of leoness and that you are looking forward to the other items as much as i am i personally can't wait to run a luther arkwright campaign so until next time have a great month of gaming and i will chat again to you all in february until then, I hope that all your posed roles succeed and provide you with a well-deserved special. Thanks for listening. See ya. Bye. content of this podcast is covered by the Creative Commons Attribution 3.0 license, so please give appropriate credit if you are sharing or copying any part of this podcast. Thank you.